Welcome, my flourishing friends, to episode number four. In today's episode, we're going to explore sustainability. What is it and how can we put it into practice? We'll talk about the roots of sustainability in the term sustainable development. We'll talk about the three different pillars of sustainability, including the environmental, the social, and the economic. And then we'll look at what it might look like in our day-to-day lives. And I'll give you an, an idea of where I have seen sustainability in my own life through a variety of different snapshots, including one that involves a toilet, which is actually a bit more of a romance story. Are you intrigued? Well, let's dive in. I'm Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green podcast, all about sustainable well-being and green living. We explore how to do what is good for the planet and for ourselves in order to truly flourish. Sustainability. What is it? Well, when we look at the word itself, it seems pretty easy to understand the ability to sustain. But when we think about it in an environmental context, we're most often referring back to the term sustainable development. And that term was first coined in a document from 1987 that was commissioned by the United Nations called Our Common Future, or more commonly referred to as the Brundtland Report. And in this document, this term sustainable development was defined for the first time. And in there, they define it as development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Sounds like a great definition, right? Let's pull apart a few things from that. First of all, the word needs, and that's not wants. So we'll have to keep that in mind. The second thing I wanted to highlight is the reference to future generations. And of course, that is a term and ideology that's embedded in cultures all around the world in terms of how we should live our lives. So that's important that it's also part of this definition. In that Brundtland report, they also went on to talk about development and how it interacts with what we're doing. There's a nice little quote about that that says, the environment is where we live and development is what we all do in attempting to improve our lot within that abode. The two are inseparable. So we understand that sustainability should be and must be part of all development that we think about. And that's really the foundations of the modern understanding of sustainability and sustainable development. It has often been characterized as thinking about it in terms of a three-legged stool, where each of those legs are important as a foundation and balance of that stool. And those legs would be environment, social, and economic sustainability. And when they are all coming together and in balance, then we have sustainability. We often also think about it in terms of that Venn diagram of overlapping circles where each of those components, environment, social, and economic, when they overlap 
And in that zone where they all come together, that's where we see true sustainability. Now, over time, we started thinking about expanding that concept beyond just those three pillars of environment, social, and economics, understanding that other factors play an important role in our understanding of sustainability and how we would like to see sustainability played out. And those things would include political sustainability and cultural sustainability and that type of thing. And so we've been increasing our understanding of sustainability over time. Then in 2015, the United Nations came up with new sustainable development goals. And that was really based on the incredible results seen from the Millennium Development Goals. That Those ones were established in the year 2000 to be achieved by the year 2015. And through this concerted global effort towards those goals, we saw incredible improvements made in the lives of millions of people around the world. So based on that, the United Nations came out with these sustainable development goals. And there are 17 of them in total, all with their own targets and indicators that are to be achieved by the year 2030. So let's just take a quick look at each one of those 17 goals. Along with the goal, the United Nations has also provided a suggestion of where we might target our actions in terms of our day-to-day -day lives working towards those goals. So goal number one, no poverty. What can we do towards that? Well, simple. You can donate what you don't use and many, many other things, including donating your time, effort, and money. Number two is zero hunger. Working towards that is, of course, an incredibly important goal. What can we do? Well, we can waste less food. We can support local farmers and so on. Goal number three is good health and well-being for people. They suggest that we vaccinate ourselves and our entire families to help prevent the spread of infectious disease. Goal number four is quality education for all. What can we do to help to educate children in our own communities? Goal number five is around gender equality, where we seek to empower women and girls to ensure their equal rights. Goal number six is seeking clean water and sanitation for everybody all around the world. What can we do in our lives? Well, certainly we can donate to those projects, but we can just also avoid wasting water in our own day-to-day -day lives. Goal number seven is affordable and clean energy for all. What can we do? Well, we can use only energy efficient appliances and light bulbs. That's easy enough. Goal number eight is seeking decent work and economic growth. So what can we do to create job opportunities for youths in our community? Goal number nine is around industry, innovation, and infrastructure. Can we fund basic infrastructure, much of which is lacking in many developing countries? Things like roads and water and sanitation and electricity are still needing to be built out in many areas around the world. Goal number 10 is around reducing inequalities. So what can we do to support marginalized or disadvantaged individuals and groups? Goal number 11 is for sustainable cities and communities. What does that look like for us? Can we bike, walk, or use public transportation more in our day-to-day -day lives? Goal number 12 is for responsible consumption and production. Well, that's an easy one. 
How about let's just recycle our paper, plastic, glass, aluminum, and everything that is recyclable in our local communities? Goal number 13 is around taking climate action. So what can we do to take action to avoid global warming and associated fallout from that? Goal number 14 is for life below water. One major thing that we can do is just avoid plastic bags because they all too often end up in the oceans, polluting the ocean and the marine life. Goal number 15 is for life on land. They suggest plant a tree to help protect the environment. We'll get into lots of ways in which we can work towards that. Goal number 16 is for peace, justice, and strong institutions. So how can we stand up for human rights all around the world? Goal number 17 is for partnerships towards these goals. What can we do? Perhaps we can lobby our local government to boost development financing around the world. So those are the sustainable development goals. You can see that they are incredibly broad as well as interrelated with all kinds of other development goals that we have around the world. But there are a number of cross-cutting issues that come through a number of those goals, including gender equality, education, and sustainable development-driven investment. So these are this is really a new definition of sustainability that is much, much broader in its understanding of sustainability and in its reach of how we should be and can be considering our actions. When we think about implementation of these goals, it really is looking towards having everybody take action at a grassroots level at all levels of organization, from the institutions to the government, agencies, universities, industries, and individuals. Taking action will make incredible gains towards these sustainability goals. So I've got a bit more information for you on that in the show notes. So please check those out. And you can take a look at the link to the United Nations. And there's even an online tracker to see what progress has been made already to date towards these incredibly meaningful goals. So that's what the UN has put out. And that is an incredible new perspective on sustainability. And I think it's really worthwhile us striving towards those enormous goals. But it can be really hard to figure out, well, what does that look like in my day-to-day life or in this place or that place? And what I'd like for us to consider is that sustainability actually looks different in different places. Because sustainability is linked to the natural world. And we have a different ecology in different places. It's associated with different climate, different precipitation, as well as a different social environment with different cultural values, histories, indigenous populations, and social desires. So sustainability really is something that has to be conceived of in the local context. We have to think about the local constraints and needs, desires and wants, as well as the local resources and strengths and opportunities. So 
when we think about that in terms of examples of local sustainability, let's just pull out two different places. I'll give you an example from where I am located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, right in the middle of Canada. So what would a building look like here in Winnipeg compared to, say, in Mesa, Arizona, in the desert, where all sorts of northerners go for the winter in order to escape some of the cold? Well, obviously, the climate is very different. And so the way you would build a building would be incredibly different as well. In Manitoba, we have winter temperatures that average at minus 20 or lower, about 49 days every winter. So that's about minus four degrees Fahrenheit. We get about 52 centimeters or 20 inches of precipitation each, each year. And we're located on the prairies. But we're also right on the edge of the boreal forest. And this is, of course, the largest intact forest on the planet. It is a thousand kilometer wide belt of forest spanning across Canada, Russia, and Northern Europe. So what would sustainability look like in Manitoba? How you would build a building would have to relate to thinking about highly insulated buildings to retain heat. We might want to situate that building to increase the solar gain so we get some free heating from sunlight. We would think differently about transportation and the local food. We would think also about the local culture and heritage and indigenous population associated with this place. Alternatively, if we were thinking about sustainability in Mesa, Arizona, we would have to think about that environmental context where in July, the average summer temperature is about 41 degrees Celsius. That's 106 degrees Fahrenheit. And they receive about 25 centimeters or 10 inches of precipitation a year, about half of what we get in Winnipeg. And it's located in a desert. It's in the Sonoran Desert. And it has an entirely different indigenous population with its own rich history and culture. And so, of course, the buildings should be different. We would be looking for shade from the sun in the summertime. We would want to really prioritize water retention. And we might also look towards traditional building practices for how we can live more sustainably. So, that's just one small example of the need for sustainability to be situated in place, that we really need to think carefully about where we are when we talk about sustainability, because it needs to include the environmental context as well as that social, cultural, economic, political context. Well, let's think about a few more examples of sustainability. I'll give you a few ideas of what sustainability looks like from my perspective. I don't say that I am living an entirely sustainable life at all, but I certainly am striving for it. And I've caught glimpses of sustainability in my life. And it is really, really lovely when you catch glimpses of it. So I'm going to give you a few ideas of what that looks like through five different snapshots of sustainability that I have encountered in my own life. Well, that first snapshot is what I mentioned in the intro, a toilet. No, oh, what's sustainable about this? Of course, it's a dual flush toilet, three and six liters, but it's got other things behind it. And I told you it, it's a little bit of a romance story. 
it was installed by my husband, AJ, as a surprise for me, a little bit of a gift. And I was thrilled, of course, that he surprised me with a dual flush toilet. So even though he doesn't work in the environmental field, he actually does a lot of implementation of sustainability in our household for us. And he also really lives and practices sustainability in his own way. We have installed geothermal heating in our house, and we've beefed up the insulation in our old home to improve the energy efficiency, and we have installed water-efficient and energy-efficient appliances and fixtures and showerheads and light bulbs and so on. And in our building, and what AJ has done is build things very often with reused or reclaimed materials in our small but, I think, very beautiful home. So that's the first glimpse that we have of sustainability that I have found in my life. I have another little snapshot for you. If you go out my front door in the wintertime and you see there's a sidewalk and in the wintertime, most often that sidewalk gets plowed. And to me, that's a really sustainable thing because it means that it increases the accessibility for everybody in the neighborhood. It means that older folks can age in place, that they can get around more easily despite the snow because our community pays for the plowing of the snow from the sidewalks. The other thing that we'll see in that neighborhood are all kinds of amenities nearby. And I think that's a really important aspect of sustainability in my life, where we have amenities, the things that I need on a day-to-day -day basis are close at hand, including the dentist, there's a grocery store within walking distance, there's my hairdresser, the insurance firm that I go to, and a myriad of local little restaurants that we love to frequent. And in addition to having all those services, there are lots of ways to get around. So we're along major bus routes. We have the sidewalks that I mentioned, and also some really functional and beautiful bike paths in the neighborhood. So to me, that's another snapshot of sustainability that I have seen in my life. The next snapshot I wanted to share with you is the community garden in my neighborhood. It's a garden in some fields nearby along the riverbank that have been used to rent out garden plots to folks in the neighborhood and in the area that want to grow their own food, especially in areas where you don't have necessarily enough space in your own yard or enough sunlight with all the trees in my neighborhood. So having these community gardens are incredibly useful, but we also have a group that is working towards building sustainability and community resilience. They've planted a variety of trees in an orchard, and they also celebrate the harvest with a fall harvest supper, showing us how to eat our local food in a really incredible way where it's delicious as well as sustainable. And this is all taking place in a community that has a really, really strong connection to programming and so on. We have this strong community center that has all kinds of programs. 
Last summer, they hired one of the local youths to work in the garden. And this young man was from a large family that we sponsored as a community to come from Syria. And the community center is incredibly active with all kinds of programs, including learn to ski and hockey programs and soccer for the kids and adult yoga and Pilates, as well as an annual fall supper and even open mic nights and so on. But this is all possible because of the incredible effort by volunteers in the community who choose to spend their time fortifying and creating these programs for our neighborhood. So a shout out to all of those great volunteers. Well, another snapshot of sustainability that I have seen in my life is just walking through the woods. We have a tiny little strip of woods along the river, and that is a beautiful spot where we have a trail that goes all the way to the downtown. And I walk that trail very often, and I walk towards the downtown. And at the end of the day, I'll be on that trail heading north, and my husband AJ will be on the trail heading south, coming home from work. And we'll meet there on that trail in the woods. And it's a lovely moment to spend a little bit of time in the forest each day, where I can have a little pause in my day to reset and enjoy my time and get some exercise in the outdoors. And it's wonderful because the path is, well, partly developed by the city and even maintained and plowed in some parts along the riverbank. And so that's really wonderful that we have that. And I'm walking this path with my wonderful dog, Kuna, and she's a rescue dog. But I always think it's strange that we call them rescue dogs as though we rescue them. But I think, you know, they rescue us. But her name is the indigenous word in the Cree language for snow. And she was given this name by a dear friend of mine who is indigenous. And it just reminds me of all that he has taught me about our role in the world, about our connections to the land and to other beings. And I hold those teachings from him so dear to my heart. And all of those teachings that I have received from, from elders as well, that I have had the privilege of knowing and loving. And one final snapshot that I have seen in my own life of what sustainability looks like. That's when I park my bike at the bike rack at the local farmer's market. My bike, I just love it. It's turquoise blue, and it's a reclaimed bike. It came right from the landfill, and it was a gift to me from a very dear longtime friend of mine who works for an organization that reclaims bikes from the waste stream and promotes affordable and sustainable active transportation for everyone. And I just love riding this beautiful turquoise blue bike around my community. And I can ride it over to that farmer's market. It's only a short ride away. And there I'm going to run into my neighbors and my friends and even former students and all sorts of people. And oh, those students have kids now and I get to see them growing up. And it's just wonderful. I also get to, of course, purchase my food there and preserves and jam and all that kind of thing. And I get to talk to those vendors and get to know those people that grow my food. And that just feels really good. So that's uh, my last glimpse at sustainability that I wanted to share with you. So no doubt you have also glimpsed sustainability in your own life. And I would love it for you to sort of 
think about that and ponder where you have seen sustainability in your own life too. I would like to encourage you to think about where do you already see it in your own life and where do you want to build on it? I have a PDF download for you to help you work through some of these ideas through a series of questions. I'll give you a link to that in my show notes, or you can just go to my website, which is christinahunterflourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. So christinahunterflourishing.com forward slash defining sustainability. If you go there, you'll find this download that's a neat little exercise to help you look at sustainability in your own life, where you already see it, and where you might want to build on it. So that's all for today. We covered a lot. We talked a lot about sustainability, everything from the word itself to the term that was first coined in that Brundtland Commission report. We got into the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and looked at how they have a variety of really interesting cross-cutting themes all around social equity and environmental justice and a sustainable future for all, as well as a variety of ways in which we can implement that in our own lives. We looked at the local nature of sustainability. And then to finish things off, I gave you those five snapshots of where I have found sustainability in my own life as I too work towards living a more sustainable life. All right, I encourage you to take action and enjoy it. Download the guide from my website and think about where you already see sustainability and where you would love to see it built up in your own neighborhood and in your life. All right. That's all for now. Next episode, we're going to talk about combating eco-anxiety. It's going to be great. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green, my flourishing friends. Bye for now. <music>